throwback Broncos. Welcome. Santa, oh, Santa Clara, I got you. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's ride. Big ben Let's ride. K-Win. Let's ride. On nofilter.net. Every week we broadcast live on nofilter.net. If you miss us, go back to the vault on nofilter.net. Click on Big Ben and K-Win. Watch us on demand at any time. If you're more of an audio podcast person, you can get your podcast. You can get our podcast everywhere. Spotify, Apple, Pandora, Google Podcasts, and more. Download and subscribe. Big Ben and K-Win. I'm K-Win. He's Big Ben. And tonight, it's burning questions. Are you ready, Big Ben? I am absolutely prepared for this. Coming off a phenomenal meal at Canlis, in which we paid for with a gift card. Which was always amusing at the end of the night. But what's what's Canless? Canless is the highest end restaurant in Seattle, and you have to wear a blazer, of which I did not. I chose not to out of protest, but also all my blazers are wrinkled because I haven't been to the dry cleaner in three years. But it's it's where people go. And Carissa, my wife, made a comment as we were leaving. She's like, "Look at the parking lot." There's Subarus and Toyota 4Runners. <laughs> it's, it's one of these places you go to have a phenomenal meal once a year. And we did. It was great. Maybe there are Subarus and Toyotas because we're in a recession. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know what's recession-proof? Big Ben and K-Win. If you're a first-time listener, we cover the West Coast. You know, Portland, Seattle, Pacific Northwest, Cali, even in the... Arizona, and maybe even Denver. We cover the NFL, MLB, NBA, and a little college football as well. Burning questions. What's burning on the West Coast? Who's going to lead this segment off, Big Ben? Uh, I got a burning question because you said Denver. And I I don't know if Russell Wilson is getting mocked by everyone doing the less ride. Um, Keenan Allen. He was mic'd up at practice the other day doing the less ride. I have a question, a burning question that kind of hits both these. Who is going to have a better QBR over the course of the season? Your boy, Trey Lance, or Russell Wilson? I'm going to say, it pains me to say it, but Russell Wilson is a more established quarterback He's a veteran. He's going to have the better QBR. I thought you'd think a little bit more about that. No hesitation. Danger, Russ. He got out of Seattle. He's going to want to prove people wrong. He's going to open up the That's exactly it. I think he's going to try to prove people wrong and do too much. He's not under the offense he knows. And basically, they built around him under Pete Carroll. He doesn't have the same people like Tyler Lockett who basically you could throw it up and he'd run under it. You look at his wide receivers, Judy, and give me the other guy out of Cortland Sutton. Uh, Is he still here? Cortland Sutton out of PCU, you know, and then kind of a no name tight end. Javante Williams is okay. I honestly, and here's, here's the inverse QBR is how well you complete passes and for how long and so forth. I don't think Trey Lance is going to be asked to air it out. I think it's going to be a lot of, you know, kind of fake handoff, dump to Debo in space, over the middle to Kittle. Ayuk will get a slant or two. But it's going to be a pretty, not mundane offense, but nothing explosive out of the gate. 
So I think, honestly, Trey has a better opportunity to have a better QBR. That's my argument. And I'd take a bet right now that Trey will have a better QBR because I don't want I hope I'm wrong, but Denver's got a better running game than Russ has had in quite some time with Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. I just think he's going to have a better whoa, QBR. Whoa. Russ had Marshawn for a little bit, buddy. Yeah, I said in a while. I didn't say. Uh, yeah, you're right in that respect. Okay, you answered my question. Next. How many fantasy leagues, fantasy football that is, is too many for any one individual to be in? Um, I'm going to answer it this way. I think three is, three is max. And for every child you have or dependent you have, take away one of those. So if you have three kids, you are not playing fantasy football, nor should you. If you have two kids, maybe you're in one league that you can look at for 10 minutes while, you know, on a Monday. But I would say three is max. You're doing any more than that. If you're pulling a Kendrick and doing nine, like you, something's wrong with you. That's that's all I got to say. I'm in three fantasy leagues, but I think two is the max. So if any of our listeners wants to get in a fantasy league, I'll get out of one and get you in one. <laughs> But that was a loaded question, Big Ben. You know why? Because it's a perfect segue to my next question. That's right. I get two questions here. Who has a higher winning percentage, Chip Kelly in his NFL career or Ben Martin's fantasy football career winning percentage? Wait wait a second. In, in what league? Well, uh... I just I just look this. In, it's the league you've been in twelve years. Okay. Who's got a better winning percentage? Wait, do you have my login? Hold on. What's going on here? Um, Chip Kelly. Oh, while I, he, how come I can't share a screen on here? Chip while he was in the NFL. Chip while he was in the NFL. Chip oh, had like a four hundred winning percentage. I'm consistent. I just don't show up in the playoffs. I don't know how to trade. I'll pick up people off the waiver wire. I said it and forget it. I won some games. I'm like 600. You in this. So you're going, you have a better fantasy yeah. winning percentage. I, my, my fantasy winning percentage is better than Chip Kelly's NFL play. And if it's not, then I shouldn't be playing fantasy. You know what? You should not be playing fantasy. Because <laughs> I'm going to bring up this stat here. Won't let me share my screen. Last year... Well, let me get to that. All-time record, 68 and 77. You do not even have a winning record. And last year, you finished in the bottom 12th place. <laughs> you are the so-called football genius on this podcast. And you are listen, the sacko of your fantasy football I'm not done on my rant yet. I'm not done. Oh, jeez. However, your winning percentage is that... 468, which is slightly higher than Chip. <laughs> I told you. He was 28 and 35 out of 444 win percentage. You know who else you're better than? You're better than Urban Meyer, who was 2 and 11, 154. Dan Shula. Really? 0.267 in four and a half years in Cleveland. Lane Kiffin barely made it for two years in Oakland, 0.250. And Bobby Petrino. He couldn't last in Atlanta. He went back to Arkansas. 
So despite being terrible in your league, you still have a higher winning percentage than a lot of well-known college football coaches who struggled in the NFL. Listen, last year I got anxious and drafted. My, I wanted my team to be named to be Miles and Miles. And I drafted Miles Sanders and Miles Gaskin, who were both garbage. And I wrote them out, hoping they'd turn it around. Yes, I was horrible. Secondarily, can I say, can we get, I know they're doing a documentary or they did like a kind of, uh, they went a little bit deeper on the whole Urban Meyer era there in Jacksonville. The, the coaches you just mentioned, I want the same, I want a, like a 12 episode season of just failed coaches. Petrino wrecking on his yeah. motorcycle, like Lane Kiffin in, in with the Raiders. What, can you imagine that? Some of the players yeah. might have been older than him. And then just just like some of these organizations make the weirdest hires. But I would love to see that more than my fantasy football turn, team turn it around. I will sacrifice another Sacco season to see that on Netflix, please. Fair enough. And thank you, James Rehorn, for that inside scoop. I love to bring up Big Ben's. Horrible fantasy football seasons. By the way, there was a coaching change. I've only had that team for two seasons. Only not to take your fantasy football advice. (laughs) All right, my question. Um, This is a. This is kind of a shot. I even have him, the signed photo right behind me, and then another signed photo of him. We're in kind of this lull in the NBA. And everything is about one guy right now, and that's KD. My two-part question. Are we all tired of KD yet? One. And two, does Steve is he expecting Steve Nash to walk the plank before he recommits to the Nets? Yes. I am extremely tired of Kevin Durant. And I think he expects both Steve and Sean Marks to walk the plank. I think he's trying to get both of them out. I don't have any sources. I just feel like he wants them both out. He's trying to trying to use his muscle, per se, to get those guys out. And that's the irony there is Katie's not too muscular in a sense. Um I'm tired. I agree with you. I'm I'm a little tired of Katie and this whole fiasco. Um, I think he wants to stay in Brooklyn, but you're right. He wants to do it under his own terms and flex and show how powerful the players are. But I, I like the backing of the organization saying, no, we're going to go just because we have one bad apple. Doesn't mean, you know, we throw everything else out. We like what we're doing. They're, they're the nuts though. Who knows? Who knows? But Katie, that's nuts and Mets. It's the outside looking in, but it seems like the Nets organization has done everything that he's asked for. Like, all right, Kyrie, sign Kyrie and my buddy DeAndre Jordan. Okay, great. That doesn't work. All right. Uh, I don't like Kenny Atkinson. Get rid of him. All right. That doesn't work. All right. Uh, let's go trade for James Harden. All right. Let like It's just like, how many more things are you going to ask for? I know you're a superstar. You can ask for a lot, but sometimes you got to just sit down and play. Or maybe yeah. you can stop being GM and let the GM yeah, exactly. So yeah. here's my Let's... question to you. Will KD ever be content? 
That's a good question. Like I, I that's a better question than I pose. So good on you. Um, I think he he's looking. One, he, we've already seen that he's not going to be the guy that, you know, just. Let me comp compare and contr contrast him to LeBron. LeBron's always had Cleveland as kind of this home and roots and stuff, you know. So let's go win a championship there, make them happy. All right, I've, I've kind of checked that box, right? Yeah. Um, you look at what LeBron did after. Okay, I'm going to LA. We won a championship, albeit in a shortened season and kind of this bubble. But yes, they won a championship. KD went. And kind of, you know, join forces. He wasn't the primary person there with Golden State. You know, he was kind of like the guy they invited to the party. Hey, yeah, you can come play with us for a couple of years, win a couple of championships. And the thing KD could do to turn this whole thing around, which he will not do, would be to go play where he's from, which is in Washington, and team up with someone like Bradley Beal and win a title. There you go. I think he's... Uh, of the more on and then the other thing that LeBron has over KD is LeBron has the brand LeBron like he is big KD doesn't have any of that and and he's trying I think he's trying to overcome that with this fiasco and his two thumbs on Twitter like it's unfortunate it's weird <laughs> to see it's like a guy that doesn't even know himself trying to fight other people like yes you're engaging but you don't need to just like you said go play go win a title for Brooklyn and people will probably forget about all this. And you'll you'll be in the conversation as one of the best one, two, or three basketball players in the entire planet again. Right now, you just, you're not even fun to be around. That's Yeah. Like, the reason why I asked that question is, in OKC, they're winning. He had Russ. Yeah, I guess Russ did not play the certain brand of basketball that he wanted. But he still played with Russ. Then he left. And went to Golden State. And you could argue that he potentially played with two of the greatest shooters during his era of basketball and a top five defender in Draymond. And you could argue that Igor Abdala in his prime was a top 20 defender. Like that situation does not get better. Exactly. And then he leaves. And, and, and then now he wants to leave again. It. I don't know if content's the right word. He's just, he doesn't know where to go. Like, he doesn't know, he has no home. You know, it's like he's kind of a vagabond at this point. And I think that, you know, the unfortunate part is, like, I talked about LeBron's brand. It's like when you don't have a brand, that's not a good thing. Like, who is KD? Well, he's a guy that yells at people on Twitter right now and can't get his way. Like, that's... Unfortunately, who it's become, right? And that's unfortunate. And it's also unfortunate that the Seattle Sonics don't have a franchise anymore because he'd be here and he probably won three titles and we'd all be happier. But that that's that's I, I think it all you made a great point. And I just I think he's lost. I think KD is completely lost on what to do and Again, I don't know what he's going to do, to be honest. I'm tired of it a little bit. It's a saga. Actually, here's my – let me wrap this up. I hope they have a Netflix on Katie's career and follow him around everywhere just to, like, figure out what he was thinking. Yeah. Like, 
this is hurting his brand and hear me out. Like it's not hurting his brand from like, he's going to be poor. He's not going to be a top five player, but like he's just losing the luster because even the NBA that released their schedule, they didn't put the nets on Christmas because they don't know where Katie's going to be. And the best players play on Christmas. Yeah. And he keeps moving markets and he's just the moving target. And I don't know if he'll ever be content. He will always be great. I don't know if he'll ever be content. Let's move on. And that kid, that that question stemmed from a guy, like I said, that has his two signed photos of him. Like I, I like the guy as a player. All right, softball here. Better recreational game. And I've seen you play both. I know you play both. I know you play one pretty well. The other one I still haven't seen you play. So pickleball or volleyball. I'm yes, I am good at both. <laughs> I'll have to pick volleyball because I play it more often and I enjoy it and it's outside, it's in the sun, it's on the sand. You can take a dip into the ocean. I'm going volleyball. Okay. I just. The problem with pickleball is I try to play it like Chuck T's or Vans and then the next day I have like way too many blisters on my feet. Hey, maybe we we proposed to KD to come out with some pickleball shoes and really yeah. up his game and brand. Like that might not be a bad idea. Love it. All right, here's my real question for you. As we come into the college football season, and what we've seen with the Pac-12, now the exodus or the relevant leaving of USC and UCLA. It's a two-part question. Could you potentially? see a pack 11 where usc goes and ucla stays and let me t- let me kind of solidify why i say that is that ucla has been known to be a basketball school more than a football school and they also very much cherish their olympic sports i think they have the most olympians of any college or have produced the most olympians of any college and then two could you see some sort of conspiracy by the Pac-12, current Pac-12, to where USC maybe doesn't make the uh, South or doesn't represent the uh, Pac-12 South in any type of Pac-12 championship game due to, I don't know, if it's close between, say, a tie in records between Utah and USC. Little politics is what you're saying. Yeah. So to answer your first question, I think both UCLA and USC will go and leave because it's two schools, it's their rivalry, it matches up. But the more important reason is is they're going to go for the money. And all that matters is the money. The disparity right now is way too big. And I know UCLA cares about those other sports. And the best way to show those other sports some love is to break them off some of that money of that annual distribution check. So I think they both go. I think they're going to be challenged with the football schedule and the baseball schedule with all that, all that traveling, but they both go. And to answer your next question, yes, I do see a way that the Pac-12 is somehow upset that USC is leaving. And if they get to pick who goes in the championship game that we will both be at the first week in December, 
they're going to give the nod to another team. It's all about loyalty. And right now, when it comes to the Pac-12, the Pac-11, or the Pac-10, there's no loyalty. So they're going to be like, see ya, Oregon. You're in, and you're playing Utah. I don't care if Utah has two less losses than USC. They're in. <laughs> Caleb Williams, you're done. Um, let me let me bring up a money thing real quick. And this is basically the UC schools. So the endowment, total endowment for all the UC schools is 19 million. Now, if you defect and you go, I don't know if it impacts conference, right? If we sit in a different conference now, what what happens to that money? But I think that's going to impact UCLA in a big way. Just, okay, now that you're here, now that you're, because you're in a different conference, you compete from an athletic standpoint, right? But then are you feeding money back into the UC school system holistically because you still are a UC school? And I think that's where, like, you talk about politics, that's where it's going to become political. And the UC schools can probably hire better lawyers than just UCLA. And that's what I'm going to say. Like, this is sports, but there's a lot more to to an organization, institution at UCLA's level when you're a UC school. Like, that's that's what I think might happen here. I think this is going to definitely get to the courtroom and there's going to be some lawyers involved. I didn't really think of that until you brought that up, but that's a great point. I could see that happening and that might cause a little uh, trouble for UCLA to exit or bow out gracefully. Yeah. That's the reason I brought it up, Caitlin. That's just, it was a leading question. Uh, <laughs> All right. Done with, I'm done. Back with to me. Question. Football. Mr. Brandon Ayuk. San Francisco uh, 49ers, is he more likely to have over 1,000 receiving yards or over five touchdowns? Which scenario is more likely, in your opinion, this year? First-year starter. I, I wouldn't draft. I'd draft Debo this year, but not early, with a, especially with a first-year starter. And Ayuk, I, w- I would pass on altogether. And the reason I say that is, do you gonna answer my question before you? Uh, no, no. Let me, let me lead, let me lead. Let me. So, I think. Well, didn't Ayuk already start like four fights in training camp? I don't think. Listen, the guy went to ASU. I'm nothing. I'm not nothing against ASU, but it's not the you know, you're not a Mensa type level guy in terms of education now he's athletic as get out but for those reasons i would go definitely the under on on the thousand yards and then i would go i would do a push on the five just because he's the only he's your biggest uh wide receiver target he's bigger than debo at least um i'm not i'm not a big fan of Ayuk, to be honest. Um, I'm going over on both, and here's why, Big Ben. His first year homer. was his rookie year, and it was a COVID season, so he didn't get a chance to learn. Second year, he's in the doghouse. The last half of the season, he put up great numbers. The only thing that stopped him from putting up outstanding numbers was his quarterback. 40% of his plays or his catches last year were big plays, and they've got a big play quarterback. 
that 76-yard go route to Danny Gray in the preseason, that's going to be Ayuk. Jimmy never took chances down the field, so he never threw the ball to Ayuk. Ayuk's the kind of wide receiver that makes plays in traffic. Jimmy doesn't even throw the ball in traffic. If we're looking at a traffic and a crosswalk, Jimmy's not even getting to the other side of the street. <laughs> so I think over on both, they're going to throw down the field. They're going to utilize them. Defense are going to try to take away Debo. They can't take away Debo. Ayuk will be open one-on-one coverage. They'll move him around. I'm going over on both. Okay. Here's a question on Ayuk fantasy football related, and then we'll get the heck out of here. Okay. I got to ask my uh, – what's his name? I can't even think. Drew Locke question. It's a quick one. Oh, but you go for okay. it. All right. What round are you drafting Ayuk in? I think most people have him in the sixth or seventh, so I will go in the fifth. That's how confident. I am. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Give me Drew Locke. Give me the. Which backup quarterback is most likely to take over as the starting quarterback by week seven? Sam Darnold, Jimmy G, Geno Smith. Or Teddy Bridgewater in Miami. I'll go again. Sam Darnold. He's in Carolina. So assuming, assuming Baker starts. Yes. Jimmy G. He's, who knows? He could start Jimmy in San Francisco. He could start somewhere else. <laughs> Geno Smith, your boy in Seattle. Or Teddy, ball game in Miami. Who's most likely to take over the starting quarterback by week seven? Yeah, that's you a tough one. Um, God, Tua. <laughs> oh my God, I got you on this one. Yeah, you. Can, I I can't trust Tua. Okay. That guy is throwing throwing off his back foot every pass, just praying. Um, Tua's Baker's, a lefty that looks like he grew up throwing the football right-handed. Exactly. Yes. Like he's he's just throwing with his body off his back foot, hoping. Um, I can't trust Tua. I can trust Baker. Baker's been to a playoff game. He's won a playoff game. He's 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 smart enough not to get tossed out of you know from being a starter. Right? He's going to compete. Drew Locke is in my opinion, horrible. Like the, 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 here's the thing is Jimmy Garoppolo might be starting for the Seahawks by week three. Like that could very well happen. Yeah. Can I just say the Seahawks? Like, I don't know who the quarterback's going to be every, any given week. Like, is that the appropriate answer? You can go Seahawks, but you have to go Jimmy G or Gino Smith. Oh, I I actually would love to see Jimmy G beat the Niners as a Seahawks starting That that would be wonderful. Let's put our money on that. I'm I'm doing Jimmy that prop that Jimmy G beats the Niners at plus one hundred thousand at some point this year. It's that bad. Listen, Geno Smith, Drew Locke are both mediocre at best quarterbacks. I mean, in it's bad. It's bad here in Seattle. It is bad. It is very, very bad. Um, Tua, I can't trust Tua, but I can't even trust Drew Locker. Do you know? Like, 
I, I would trust Jimmy Garoppolo two times over before I trust Locke and, and Gino. You heard it here first. Seattle Come on, Seahawks, Jimmy G. Trade for Jimmy G. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Let's wrap this let's up. Trade both of them. Big Ben K win. Burning questions. Download, listen, subscribe. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Radio, Pandora, and more. We're also online, social media at Big Ben K win underscore. Twitter, Instagram, and even TikTok. That's right. We're TikToking. We're talking, Big Ben. By the way, it's pickleball, not volleyball. Let's go. Boom. Boom.